What is up, everybody? Joe Sib here with Rad Parenting and my co-host, Anaya Bogue. We are here. We are excited. We have a guest for the show today. Uh, before I go into that, uh, once again, got to thank Every single one of you for listening, sharing our podcast on Facebook, and um, and, and the reviews. Uh, I always say to Anaya, you got to go to the review section because the, the things that you guys write about this show allow us to know how many people are listening and all the emails Amazing. and questions we've been getting. Um, you can always continue writing those questions and suggestions for the show. Uh, that's radparenting at gmail.com. And I just had to start out the show that way with thanking everyone. I love it. Gratitude. It's been been a while since you and I have been in this room. Uh, It feels like it. About two weeks. Two weeks? Yeah, that's a long time for us. Two weeks. We had some great shows over the last two weeks, which, by the way, I want to remind you guys, too, um, over the next couple weeks, more guests coming in, uh, a lot of different topics. One of the topics I know we're going to get to, sleep training. Oh yeah, we oh that they're on. I've gotten like I've that, gotten like five. You mentioned a, you mentioned a, you mentioned Anaya mentioned sleep training like uh, I think a week or two weeks ago, and we have gotten so many emails from parents going, "We're about to have kids. Tell us about sleep training. <laughs> we're we're about we, we're we have kids. Yeah. yeah, I love the term sleep training because. It just it just sounds so serious or insane. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> like I, the sleep training at my house. The, oh my gosh, Our, I don't know about anyone else, but for the parents that you might share this with me, I feel it. Like I go to bed in one room and wake up in another because someone has a bad dream. I got to <laughs> go like sleep with training. them. I got to yeah, exactly. This it's not even <laughs> sleep training; it's nightmare training. <laughs> all right. With all that said, the sleep training episode will be here shortly. All right. In the studio right now, we have talked about this for a while. This is Anaya's friend, Dr. Patricia Fuchsia. I've got, some, I've got some good friends. Great friends. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Great friends. And what I love about them is they loan us their time and their expertise. Dr. Patricia Fuchsia is a doctor of human sexuality and a marriage and therapist and f- a marriage and family therapist, as well as an individual therapist, which I'm going to hit you up after the show for some private therapy because I, <laughs> I, I always need that. I continue working on myself. Um, but with all that said, today's show um, is going to be about the, the human sexuality, talking to our kids about it, um, what, how that all plays in today's society. And why it's so important. Why it is so important is really the meat and potatoes. Sorry, all you veggies out there. It's really just <laughs> the core of what this show is about, why it is important. And I know some of you are cringing because I do too. Talking about sexuality, sex, doing it. Yeah. All of that with your kids and why that is so important to our children, but also for us as parents. So welcome to the show, Patricia. Thank you very much. I met you at the uh, improv. Yes, you at did. At Anaya's event. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You rem- that's awesome. Well, she reminded me when I saw her. Nice. I was I like, hey, it. I know I that smile. It. Yeah. Cool. So welcome to the show. Thank you. Such a pleasure to be here. I, I got to ask, the first thing I was going to ask, I think Anaya, I, I kind of stole your question. Well, I can, I mean, you I want to start it off. Yeah, let's, yeah. let's get into the meat of it. Cause I think that in order to really frame the show, the way that I, you know, had envisioned, like as a parent, what is, what are the things I'd want to hear? And I think the way that I look at this topic when it comes to parenting is we as parents want our children to grow up into becoming whole, healthy human beings who are able to function. And, and I always say reach their highest potential. I know because of, you know, just the, the research and the work that I've done that human sexuality, so sexuality is such a, a, a huge part of the the entire makeup 
of, of a human being. So I think as parents, the way that we need to approach this topic is if I want my child to become a whole healthy human being and being a healthy sexual being as part of that, what do I need to do to ensure that that happens? And that's what I'd really like us to talk about today. Okay. Great. I loved how you framed that. Thank you. Yeah. You know why? I'll say this right now. Just being me, the just the word sexuality, I just, I don't know. It I, doesn't roll off your tongue? It doesn't. Does I don't know. I get, I get like, <laughs> like, I don't know if it's, it's scared or just uncomfortable. I don't know. Uh, is that, is that common? It's very common because okay, cool. most people <laughs> relate the word sexuality to sex, having sex sexual intercourse when it's much more than that sexuality is a term that encompasses many parts of us as human beings sensuality intimacy health and reproduction orientation and sexualization which is kind of the dark shadowy part the control the manipulative part of uh, sexuality and so we we don't often um pull it apart that way we just look at the one word and go oh they're talking about sex right yeah right and then you and immediately you, you when when it comes to kids and your family and even your wife you just kind of clam up a little bit well that's interesting you know because i um i grew up in a household and i've probably said this on the show are you gonna talk about before. the mug again i won't talk about the mug <laughs> tell everyone about the mug <laughs> the, okay so i just it, i use it as a point of reference because i think it gives people like because when i say i grew up in what i think we would we would call a uh, a sex positive uh, household, meaning that sex was never a taboo subject in my home. It was something that was treated as a positive, like there were jokes told in a way that was not, you know, demeaning, de- de- yeah. demeaning or derogatory. Um, and I always talk about the mugs that my parents had, and like one one had a handle that was a penis, and the other one was act the mug itself was a breast, and just little things like that told me that this is not like bodies aren't dirty being naked with somebody is not bad um and it i think kept my it helped with my own personal development and my sense of sex not being a taboo subject it has helped me with having a voice and a sense of agency around my own sexuality and i think that that's really important and as a mother of two daughters i want my girls to go out there and make informed choices to know that they can say yes to know that they can say no to not be burdened with all of the socialization that we currently is just so prevalent with girls where it's like, well, I have to make a decision. Like if I'm in tune with my body and I say that this is something I want to do, whatever. I mean, to your point, Dr. Patricia, not just the like actually having intercourse, but engaging with like making out with someone or or allowing somebody to touch my body. Does that mean that based on what I'm hearing out in the world, that if I allow that, I'm a slut if I don't, I'm a prude. And where do I want to fit in all that? And how do I not allow those labels to to um, diminish my sense of agency? So, so that's kind of like a big a big statement. What I would love to talk with you about is what are specific things that we can do as parents from the time our kids are young to ensure that there is open communication, comfortable communication. We're bringing energy that our kids are not just going to be like, I'm never asking my parents about that thing. You know, I believe first and foremost, it starts with the parent, Um, meaning meaning that we have to take a look at our own personal values, 
our beliefs, our comfort levels around sexuality. And where those have come from, right? Exactly. What type of education, if we had what's going on in our marriage and our relationship, because whether it's said or unsaid, our kids sense that. It's the energy that's out in the home. So it starts with the parent. And from there, it's once they're educated, then it starts with the parent teaching their child. Right. And we can't count on our schools teaching our children any longer. Right. We know that, right? So what are the numbers in terms of, I think we've also talked about this, but I, I can't even remember the numbers, but what are the numbers of like, in terms of schools in this country that are teaching abstinence-only sex education? There's over 50%, well, 50% of our states, let's just say yeah. that, still um, are teaching abstinence in our schools. And So, like, um, just don't do it. Just wait till you're <laughs> is married. Is wait right. till you're married. And just wow. last year alone, $70 million from our federal government. Yeah. To wait till you're married. A lot of bad marriages if you're doing that. Well, no, no, I think, no, I think seriously, yes. yeah. And I, don't, I mean, hey, anyone that waited till you were married and, and hey, it worked <laughs> no out. No offense. No, yeah, I always, I always get so paranoid. I don't want to offend anyone, uh, but yeah, the the fact of saying not to, to do that and and that that's going to actually happen for the people that are able to do that, amazing. I just, I can't imagine that being a real, true way to educate someone on sexuality by just saying let's not do that at all. Absolutely. Just going right to the the meat of it, though, you said. It really comes back. Let's start. Can we rewind for a second? Sure. Because the thing that just made my ear perk up is it's really about the parents understanding their own sexuality. And you said something. And their level of comfort. I was just going to say. Yeah, the love, the level of comfort around the topic. Maybe there's not penis mugs like Anaya's (laughs) home that she grew up in. (laughs) But can we discuss for the parents out there? Anyone, if you can find a mug that has a penis on it, send us a photo. I got to see this thing. Okay. Radparenting at gmail.com. I'll ask my parents. How, let's discuss for some parents right now that are listening that are like, wow. Yeah, how do we uh, be- become this unit that has we're comfortable with our own sexuality in our house? Kind of, can you describe that a little bit? Sure. What would be um, some ideas? Well, first of all, you want to look at your own beliefs, your own values. Where did that come from? Who taught you about sexuality? Anaya just shared this great story about the mugs, and it was this open, which she considered a positive environment. Not everybody had that. Were you told not to? Were you told uh, don't touch? Were you told that's private? What messages? You know, were you given as a child? Because most times, you know, it's the misinformation and the myths that we bring into our adult life that we transport to our children. Got it. So really important to wind that back and see, you know, you mentioned something at the beginning that the word sexuality kind of created a little discomfort for you. And so this is what we need to look at. Because I just associate it right away with with doing it. act of doing it. (laughs) Right. Absolutely. And, you know... It's the last thing we want our kids to be doing yeah. in our mind. You know, I want my daughter, though, like Anaya said, though, to be 100% in control of her body and to be sexually aware and, and responsible. We want that's them to super make, important, as well as my son. We want yeah, them to I'm make informed decisions, right. you know, accurate, informed decisions. And that's going to come from education. And if schools are providing information, they are, some of them, but it's mostly about, you know, health and reproduction. Right. We as parents need to provide that additional information to our children. We need to talk to them about intimacy. We need to talk to them about touching. We need to talk to them about relationships. Right. Let's go right into it. How do you sure. open up that can of worms? No, gosh, see, I put yeah. negative thing yeah. on it. How do I go right into those conversations about touching and intimacy? Well, here, let's start with 
when when should they when should they begin? Oh, yeah, because right, the okay. longer that we wait with anything, right? It's like people are like, oh my god, so she's thirteen or he's thirteen now. Now do I have the talk? And at that point, you're like, oh my gosh, at the at a point in which your child is ready to be like, I don't want to hear anything you have to say, mom or dad, because I'm trying to figure out my own mm-hmm. thing. You're going to introduce a topic as charged as sex and sexuality for the first time. So what would you say, Doctor Patricia, in terms of like for the the conscious parent who's like, I really want to get this right. What and and we I know there's some evidence, right? Because in the Netherlands, they're doing it from itty bitty. So can they're you tell doing us? it from preschool in the Netherlands, and they're starting. And their stats show that those children that are educated from preschool on, that they have less uh, teen pregnancies, they have less abortions, they have less a- a- STDs. And it's not that they're having sex, you know, later than our kids are here in the United States. They are just making more informed, educated decisions. What would be because I know right now some parents are like, oh, my gosh, talking about sex to these young kids. Once again, you used the term earlier, like age appropriate. Correct. How can you give me like I'll an I'll give you example? an example. Yeah, that's like a, a kindergarten, someone that's five or six years old. You, you're probably not going to have the conversation about intercourse with them. But you might be having a conversation about what's appropriate touching and what's not, you know, uh, uh, grandma can hug you, a stranger can't. You know, you're going to be teaching them age appropriately as they go up. And then maybe when they're 11 and they're getting ready, you know, for puberty, you might start with the menstrual cycle. You might be uh, starting with relationships, liking boys, liking girls. Is that normal? Is that not? It's age appropriate. But the important thing is to keep that communication open. That's a conversation that needs to flow and be a normal part of your household, right. not the awkward birds and the bees conversation. Right. And yeah. I think I think when you you don't in when when the conversations. I think it's interesting that when you're starting at you know preschool, and we're t- now talking not just about parents at home, but actual like pu- the public school system in the Netherlands has a a, a sex education uh, program that's in place from the time that they're young, and they're having conversations not only about like the physical pieces of being touched, having the right to say I, I don't I don't want to hug you, right, mm-hmm. which is a big thing we're starting to talk about, um, but also to talk about the emotion. Absolutely. And, and I think that that's the part is that what we tend to do is we make sex about this, the physical action, and we leave out the, the connection um, of the emotions and the psychology and the spiritual aspect about that. And so we, so many people, and, and I think you have numbers on this too, about what are the numbers of adults currently that are unsatisfied or unhappy or or feeling not whole around who they are as sexual beings as a result of it being this well it's either a physical thing and it's fulfilling and it feels good and but it's without intimacy or we have tremendous intimacy but we don't have any physical sex like so so what are the numbers so, so we know what the, where we are well, where we, we know are as adults approximately that 50% of women and 40% of men will experience some sort of sexual concerns questions um in their lifetime. That's that's those stats are pretty real. And if you're thinking about that, most of these people are parents. What, what do you mean by like concerns? They could be maybe orgasmic concerns, okay. desire concerns. Um, What's the number of women that are still faking f- orgasm? <laughs> close to 70%. And that 70%. Percent. Yes, and you know 
speaking of that, you know, that is the number two reason that women come into therapy, you know, and that statistic has not changed either. 25 to 30 percent of women, they're, they're, they're having orgasmic problems. Desire for both men and women is around 20 percent, and that's been consistent. Those numbers aren't changing, and that tells us something about sexual education and communication. That's when it's causing actual distress when they're coming into right. therapy. They're actually doing something about they're it. They're actually doing something. It's caused a problem. So as a therapist, you know, I'm working with that, but I'm also doing a lot of education. Sometimes uh, I would say probably about 40% of the time, it's really not a pathological and mental problem. Right. It's really comes down to education, yes. lack of education. They weren't taught. They don't know how to bring this together in their relationship, which is so important, especially if you're going to be providing this information for your children. I was right. just going to say, while you're saying all of that right there, it just goes back to, we. I've always used the analogy of the parenting toolbox, but right now what I'm realizing is that if you're not comfortable with your own sexuality uh, as, as a parent, uh, with your partner, or in your marriage or everything there, it almost starts with, hey, open up that deal with that so that you can pass on the correct information and begin the path to maybe end the circle of yes. this weird sexual tension that you've had and you don't want to put that on your own kids. Exactly. So if you're listening right now, maybe if you're like, wow, you know what? I've had those concerns and you know what? Dr. Patricia just said some things that have ran through my mind and you have kids. Maybe, maybe it's that opportunity, no different than when we go to the gym to, to make sure we lose those LBs so that we sure. stick around this, this, this question of human sexuality is so important that you gotta, you gotta deal with that. And I, I just know from my own personal experience, whenever I have to deal with something on that level, it's like, ah, you know, I'll deal with that later. How do you get, how do you get around that? You know, cause well, we first have to be, you know, realize that it's fundamentally who we are as human beings. It's the only part part of our development that's normally done in secrecy. And that's just crazy. We need to talk about it. We don't, you know, develop our children's reading and writing and walking and eating in secrecy. Why are right. why is our sexuality not yes. um, normalized in our home? Why are we calling it a peepee and, you know, and down there and don't yeah. touch in private? Yes. You know, we need to use the correct terminology. It's a vulva and a penis. And we yes. need to teach our children that. We need to normalize it in our home. Otherwise, they're going out as adolescents thinking that it's wrong, it's bad, we don't talk about it. That's we right. should, And the shame that comes behind that, that's where our kids are getting in trouble. Yep. To inform them, to teach them, they will make better decisions in their lives. That's Absolutely. the bottom that line. And sense. that's been proven over and over again. And the other thing, Anae, I want to say to what you said about... Um, uh, you know, so often when we're teaching our children about sexuality, we stay to reproduction and health. You know, we don't want them to get pregnant. We don't want them to get an STD. But sexuality is so much broader than that. And this is where, as parents, we need to get informed. We mm -hmm. need to educate ourselves. Sensuality is about pleasure. It's about touching. It's about how we feel about our body, how we feel about our partner's body. These are things that we can we can um, create in an age-appropriate way, teach our children about that. We need to teach them about intimacy. That is not sex. So often you'll hear people say, I'm in an intimate relationship, meaning that they're in a sexual relationship. Intimacy has nothing to do with the physicality of sexuality. Right. It is the emotional component. Yeah. That's caring, being kind, you know, being vulnerable. These are all aspects, along with orientation, that we need to teach our children right. about.
And and a couple of things on that. One, I think how many, I mean, I have encountered so many people who, what they're, they're having plenty of sex and they feel this deep void because the intimacy that is also just such a huge component of, it's like, it's like food for the soul, right? That, that intimacy and that deeper spiritual connection. And there's a lot of people that like, well, but I'm, I'm hooking up like, or even with my partner, we're having sex all the time. I don't know why we feel disconnected. Um, so, th- so that's number one. Or sometimes it's the other way around. We're not having sex, but we're super intimate. Right. There's plenty and of relationships. We, and how do we find that our have, way back? That have gone into that. You know, the ship sailed where the sex isn't there, but they still have this um, a love for the other person. But then this this intimacy, this um, other uh, piece, this other missing. piece of the puzzle isn't there. So, or adolescents. Hard. Adolescents, it's shown, there's several studies that show that adolescents hook up because they want to be hugged. They mm-hmm. want, you know, that kind of uh, emotional and physical intimacy that they're not getting any right. longer from their parents. And right. so that's why they go to a partner and then they end up in a sexual relationship that they don't really want, but they want the other wow, that's connection super, from it. Wow, that's super interesting. so powerful. And I think that the other thing that we need to say in terms of all this work we need to do as parents, like as the first step, is there's a level of comfort. Like once you have the information and you've worked through some of your own stuff, the energy with which you're able to have those conversations with your children completely shifts. Because I think that the, our kids are listening or feeling our energy Absolutely. as much as they are hearing our words. So if we're saying the right things, whatever that may be, the inf- the information, but we are so uncomfortable, we're telling them, this is an uncomfortable subject, this is a really uncomfortable subject, instead of, this is a completely normal, healthy part of being human. Correct. There's no more the talk, like I said earlier, yeah. the birds and the bees. If we see our child masturbating, we don't want to you know, respond with shock or disgust. You know, you just yeah. want to let them know maybe... Um, you we know, do that in private. Do that in private, yeah. a place where, when, you know, you make it a normal part of life because it is. Mm-hmm. There's so many, even as a therapist working with adults, there's so many sexual dysfunctions that come in because of those messages that they got from their parents. The, the thing that the thing that's just running through my head that I got to jump in sure. and say, because I know a lot of the parents are feeling the, uh, the, the way that I think a lot of us do, and I'm speaking for that uncomfortable moment where you have to have these conversations and stuff. But what I've realized from raising, you know, I have a teenager and I have a, you know, I have have another teenager that's about to start is that if you start these conversations earlier, you get so much better at it. Absolutely. It's like anything else. It's like (laughs) anything else you do in this world. Like, Hey man, I want to be a better surfer. Well, you better start surfing more than once a summer. Cause you know, once a year, you're not going to get that good. All the dads that are playing golf or all the, all the parents that are getting into, you cooking together you spend time doing it when you first start you're not good at it and i know from my own personal experience that these type of topics to dive into my wife and i started them super early age appropriate absolutely my wife was great with that never there was never any shaming uh i grew up in a household that was you know similar to that but the thing that i realized for me personal and this is to speak to that listener that's going how do i even start the sooner that i started just I'm like, you know what? I got to dive into this. Let's just talk about it. Absolutely. It it stopped being a big deal. And I felt that that's the hardest thing, at least for me personally, to to, 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 was to get over that. And now I can talk about sex all the time. Ask me anything and answer. Right. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. If you jump in with a 13 and 14 year old, and this is the first time you're going to have that talk. Yeah, they're not. You're the last person they're going to want to talk to. It's already been established that it's an uncomfortable topic, and nobody's 
nobody, you know, yeah. and by that it's point, secret. a 13 year old is Absolutely. like, you're only talking to me about this because you want me to get pregnant. You're only talking about this with me because it makes you feel weird. I okay, mean, that's so, just. And true. they also feel like they know more than you at that particular but time. But for those parents, right? Because mm-hmm. if I'm a parent out there listening to this right now, I'm going, oh my gosh, so my daughter's 13 or my right. son is 14 Good point. or whatever. Good point. What I, do you do? What do you do? Because <laughs> yeah. I still yes, think there are things you can do, and I have my own ideas, but I'd love to hear what you what you have to say. You have to jump right in. But also, I think that you can, um, it's been my experience anyway, is when you're working with a 13 and 14-year-old for the first time, you, it's best that you communicate why you're starting there, and mm-hmm. your own fears, and That's your right. own levels of being uncomfortable, yes. or maybe some values and beliefs that you held that you were not even conscious just about. be honest absolutely yeah. and say I wish I would have and the reasons why this is what I've discovered about myself that's right that's so important so at any age you can jump in there's plenty of resources plenty of books out there but be open and let them know why you're starting right. now and I think we can also call on um, you know a trusted adult like I feel like almost every kid has that like favorite aunt or uncle or former babysitter who is a trusted adult that you know because I've done this with my own girls like I can't have this conversation with my girls not because I don't want to but I know there's certain things that my daughter is going to be more open and responsive if she has this other person that doesn't have the same investment that you know she just feels like I could just spill it almost like going to a therapist right I can Correct. just spill it and not worry about oh mom's going to come back and have something to say about this or she's going to be worried the next time the, the time that I'm out or whatever and I think that that's the other thing that we can do is we can identify who are those trusted adults that might have a great relationship with our kids that can sort of like help like be on that Absolutely, and provide them with the information that you feel is appropriate for your child, yeah. as well as, you know, check out the curriculum that they're teaching your child in school, you know, find out the details about that, and then you can build around that, because I can guarantee you, if they are providing sex education at your school... It's not comprehensive. It is a small piece of the pie. And it's up to us as parents to provide the rest. You know, so uh, who's going to teach them if we don't? They're going to go out there unprepared. Well, and I I always say, like, we wouldn't put a kid, you know, oh, she's 16. Okay, honey, here's the keys to the car. Good luck. Hope you don't kill yourself or anybody else. Like, we can't expect our children to know how to navigate this really powerful and potentially beautiful part of their lives with absolutely no guidance. I'll use the analogy of surfing. You paddle out at a break with your son. I've been, uh, recently we were up in Santa Cruz, Northern California, a lot of different surf breaks up there. And I thought about what Anaya said. You wouldn't just send your son out there without you being there or knowing what type of currents are available, going on, what kind of swell directions happening. Mm-hmm. I, and I can say just from what you said, being with my son, we're out in the water together, we're paddling out and I'll say, hey man, outside. For all our non-surfers, that means there's sets coming in. There's waves coming in, and you want to be out past that so that you don't get caught inside, and let's dig. So we're paddling together, and I've, I can say this to you right now. I've had those conversations with him, and even though I've been surfing my whole entire life, he'll say to me, Dad, Dad, you know, I don't need a surf lesson right now. And, and I'm like, <laughs> buddy. But the other day we were surfing, and like there's another guy in the water, and he gave my son some advice. Hey, man, you're, you're leaning too forward on that. You know, when you come down the line, you should do this and he listened to everything that guy said why because <laughs> not dad right yes. so with with these sexual with these conversations i would say what i've learned have them earlier get over it it's gonna happen i know you don't want to hear that it's going down if you want grandchildren that how do you think they show up and if you want your kids to be sexually 
aware and educated, why not be the people, the, your, the parents, to, to have these conversations and, and also talk to your partner and, and figure out maybe some of the things that maybe you didn't figure out be- before you started this family and go through those, those sexual, uh, the sexuality, that you, the weirdness you might feel and, yeah. and put it all on the table. It's tough to do, I'll tell you that. I, uh, no, it is. And I, and I would like to say to the parents that are listening out there is that you know, they're not alone. Don't think that you know, they're the only parent that is struggling or yeah. has no concept or missed that uh, you know sex ed class this is an epidemic this is in our society and our culture sex education is not comprehensively taught bottom line mm-hmm. we have to go out there and find it ourselves you know even as a therapist i graduated with a master's degree as a marriage and family therapist with 2 days of sex education and yet i was having all of these clients come to me that's why i pursued my education and went for a doctorate in human sexuality because we need that information half the time i'm an advocate on a soapbox you know wanting people to have this information it's critical mm-hmm. so so I just want to put that out there for the parents. Don't feel like you're alone. You're the only one that Thanks does it. That. No, I love that's that you awesome. Say that. Yeah. I mean, I think it's I think it's true of just. I mean, and we won't get into all the reasons, but there are a lot of like obvious reasons, at least to me, why we are so uptight, shut down sexually, and it's like cutting off a, a, just a huge part of ourselves. So, and I think that's the other thing, just to really bring this home for parents to understand how important this is. What happens, instead of just sort of talking in broad strokes about like, well, yeah, this is a big part of being a human being, and so if we if we ignore that, there's a big part that's going to be underdeveloped. What are some of the ways, like, what are some of the consequences when a, a child becomes an adult who does not have that part of their being developed in a healthy way? What can happen? Well, unfulfilling sexual relationships, yep. which it's a big is, one. It's a big one. Yeah. Um, unwanted pregnancies, STDs. Um, they can get involved in abusive relationships, controlling, manipulative, being coerced. I just learned what you said about wanting that intimacy, hugging that you're not getting from your parents because you've gotten older and you get into a relationship where that exists, but then a whole other line of things exist with that relationship exactly. as well. Yeah. Wow. Parents hug your kids, keep it going. Yes. You know. But I can understand mm-hmm. at a certain point where you don't want the hug from mom or dad anymore. And you go, hey, I'm going to get the hug from this person. Right. And then that leads to something which is more. Which is, which is yeah. all natural and normal. You want them to have these intimate, beautiful, positive yes. relationships. But along with that, you know, they have to understand the implications of getting involved in a sexual relationship. Yes. I can tell you right now, Dr. Patricia, that a lot of our listeners are going to want resources and things they can read about and sites they can go to. Is it okay? You mentioned earlier before we started the show that you would give your email out. That Absolutely. Could, is that okay? Absolutely. Okay. So my email is Dr. Dr. Patricia Fuchsia, and I'll spell that D-R-P-A-T-R-I-C-I-A, my last name Fuchsia, F-U-T-I-A, at gmail.com. No spaces, no periods, just Dr. Patricia And they can hit you up. Any questions that you have, any resources that you need, because it is individual. And, you know, some are going to have different things that they require, and I'd be happy to provide it. So Uh, let's do a quick recap. Sure. First step is to, and you correct me if I'm wrong, first step is take a look at ourselves, which is always, to me, like the first rule of parenting in terms of like, we need to look at ourselves. What is the baggage we're bringing? What are our limitations as human beings? How do we... Get what are our that. comfort levels, what are comfort levels, values, and beliefs around sexuality? Right. And where did they come from? Which exactly. to me is part of that whole exploration. Then the second step would be 
what? Begin having conversations with your kids? Absolutely. Age-appropriate conversations? Right. Absolutely. And which, which in my, my experience, often is dictated by the questions that they're asking. That tells you where they are and what they're ready for, or if they've been exposed to things that maybe they're not ready for, and you need to figure out how to like reel that in or give them something around that so that they're not. it's not just a free-for-all and they're getting misinformed. Correct. And I think in between those two, Anea is also taking a look at what sex education is being provided it to your children in their schools, right. taking a look at their curriculum. Yeah. That's very, very important because from there you're going to know, you know what you need to supplement, what you need to uh, provide to them. And, and most importantly is having those open conversations with your children. And remember that it's not one conversation. Yeah. It's an ongoing conversation. Normalize sexuality in your home. Wonderful. Wow. Thank you so much. I could, I could, I feel that we could spend another half hour with you. I think we need to have her we'll, back. I was going to say, will you come back and hang <laughs> Absolutely. out? Absolutely. I love Absolutely. it. Dr. Patricia Fuchsia, uh, thank you so much for joining the show. Are you on social media at all? Do you have like a Twitter or anything like that that people could follow when you go out and speak or anything like that? Um, I have my... Um or is uh, the email the best way? The to do email it? is probably the best okay, cool. way. But they can yeah. also go to your website. They can so go to my it. website, and that's uh, center, C E N T E R F O R. WSH.com. Awesome. That is my website, and they can check me out there Beautiful. or send me an email. Love to hear from you. Really appreciate you taking the time to come on our show. Uh, I got to thank everyone. I know right now there's going to be a lot of emails coming to radparenting at gmail.com. I'm forwarding them all to you. Because, <laughs> and I'm so glad we had you on the show because we do get questions regularly about when to talk about sex with our children and human sexuality in general. So we will be getting all of those over to you. Uh, for the rest of you guys, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to our show. I know you guys have a million podcasts out there mm -hmm. and Anae and I are still so blown away that yes. you guys choose us out of all of those podcasts because there's so many of them. I see them on iTunes because I always like to see where we stand yep. in the ratings, mm -hmm. which by the way, we're kind of crushing it. <laughs> we're always in the top 100. Love I love, love that. It. Out of all the parenting podcasts out there, kids and family. Nice. Keep the reviews coming. Any questions, radparenting at gmail.com. My name is Joe Sid. We'll see you next week with my co-host. Anaya Bogue. And are you ready? When, when we bail Patricia, we say one, two, three, and we all yell late as in later. You ready? One. Pa just so you guys know, Patricia's looking at me like, what, what are, are we doing? <laughs> one, two, three. Late. late.